Have you ever dreamed of going to Hollywood and making it big? Well, these are the stories of people who have made it, just in a different way. They're the unsung heroes behind the screens that make movies and television come to life. Welcome to the Right Scuff podcast, where we talk about films and interview those who are just starting their careers to some of the biggest names in production and post-production. Our mission is to inspire you through the true stories of people who have achieved their dreams. We'll be talking to Foley artists, screenwriters, sound editors, picture editors, the list goes on. And for film fans, we'll be focusing on sound and what it takes to create Foley. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a writer. And I'm John, a professional Foley artist in the film business for over 40 years. He's worked on over 500 films and is a 37-time nominated and 9-time MPSD winner for big titles such as Inception, The Matrix, and The Dark Knight. You can find us online at therightscuff.com and please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Hi everyone, welcome to the Right Scuff podcast. We hope you had a great holiday weekend. I'm here today with John and my brother Jeff and we're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be talking about just some of our 2017 favorite shows and movies that we've watched. It doesn't necessarily have to be made in 2017, but just something we've watched in 2017. What do you guys think? Right. Sure. I have to say Stranger Things, that was, I think, my favorite TV show of this year. Have you? Have either of you seen it? I saw season one, did not see season two yet. I know. It, I'm, <laughs> it was really, really good. I don't know what else to say other than that. And I have a lot of people who refuse to see it because they think Winona Ryder's so over the top. Really? But, yeah. But, I mean, her child has gone into the upside down. Yeah. You'd be over the top if you lost your child to the upside down. But I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. It had a lot of really good references. You'd like all the references, Dad. There's references to like E.T. and Aliens, I think. Just a whole bunch really? of Really? Yeah. Possibly? Yeah. It's a really good show. A lot of people really liked it. There's even a bar that they opened up in New York mm-hmm. based off of the show. Off of oh, Stranger Things? Yeah. That's yeah, right. Like a themed bar. It's th- so cool. I think I heard of it. I want to go. I'm going to New York next summer mm-hmm. um, for BookCon. So I want to go check it out. Nice. Well, as I said, my film reviews, if you will, of this year so far were pretty much a retro back when I was young. Um, mm. A lot of the uh, James Bond films. You like know. you just re-watching films? Yeah, you, you Only Live Twice and Goldfinger. I did see Wonder Woman the other day. Yeah, with me and and Stefan. Right, and, and I, you know, it 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 hit all the right notes as far as what it needed to do. I just didn't, it didn't really. Um, I was so surprised that Chris Pine was in it. Me too. Because I think Star Trek. When I see him, because that's a favorite of mine. I love Star Trek, and at least the movies. I'm not a huge TV show fan like you are. Right. Dad, Dad probably doesn't think of Chris Pine when he thinks of Star Trek. Actually, I do. I do now. Do you really now? I worked on you know one of the, the last track. Into Darkness? Into Darkness, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I really like that one, yeah, too. We, we only did the props, though. We didn't do the uh, footsteps. That was done down in Los Angeles. But, right. Uh, 
Uh, so I, that was kind of fun. I actually have a question about that while we're while we're on the subject. So do you 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 saw both you know the original series? You saw the Next Generation, right? Voyager, all that stuff. Sure, uh, Deep Space Nine. I've seen them all, actually. Do you do you think that the how the new mo- movies are doing is being you know is it doing true? It justice? Yeah, is it doing it justice? Well, you know, I mean, if, if, I guess you would have to go back to Gene Roddenberry, you know, who was really the driving force behind Star Trek, as far as the vision, you know. Uh, in fact, his moniker is given to him was the Great Bird of the Galaxy. <laughs> and uh, he, he, he wanted to do something that was called Wagon Train to the Stars. He wanted this to be kind of a Western, if you will. I'm talking about the original series, TOS. A Western in the Stars? Yes, yeah. that's what he wanted because he wanted it to be an adventure where we wouldn't know necessarily um, from, from episode to episode what was going to happen other than we were going to follow this, this band of people. And, of course, adding to that, though, there's... Uh, he was visionary from the standpoint of a, uh, there was no money, right, in the future. In other words, that had been taken care of, and just people were able to f- follow their dreams and do do their jobs, and there was no racism, right. Um, in that, um, you could have a, a you know a cling uh, not a well, not then the Klingon, but you could have a um, a Vulcan serving on board. You know what I'm saying? Uh, men and women ha- held the same positions. It didn't really matter. In fact, funny enough, uh, Star Trek the original series. The original pilot was seen by the NBC executives, and they decided, you know, we like this, but we don't like it enough. We want you to shoot another pilot. I think that's maybe happened once before and or after ever in the history of... What they what didn't they like about the pilot? And you're, you're referring to the pilot episode. For a second, I thought you meant the pilot of the spaceship. Sorry, no, the pilot <laughs> episode. Okay. Well, well, what they didn't like about it is they, th- they thought it, you, it, it wasn't if I recall correctly, getting the uh, idea across of what is they really wanted to bring to the, to the table. And, of course, the, uh, the James Diberius Kirk uh, was played by William Shatner, but that's, again, after it was recast. In other words... Was uh, he not the first Kirk? No. What? He was not. He was not the first Kirk. Um, that, and, that's mind-blowing. Uh, well... Let me, let me make sure I get my facts straight now. Um, we, well, okay. In, in, in the, I'm not sure what the actual title of the pilot was. What they did do later on in the season, I think was the first season, was they turned the pilot into a p- two-part series called Menagerie. And, oh. they, and they did that because they were falling behind on visual shots, mm. and they were not going to make the actual air date. That's one of the reasons. So long story short, again, you have uh, a character named Number One mm-hmm. who was the second in command of the Enterprise, and that was a woman, again, in the, in the first pilot. In the second pilot, uh, the Spock character mm-hmm. was then moved up to a lieutenant commander, was made the second command. By the way, if you ever watch the first one, uh, that is now with the Menagerie, which is a two-parter, mm-hmm. Spock has emotions. You oh, have really? To, you have to look carefully, but you'll see him... <laughs> Doing and saying things like, wait a second, that doesn't seem like Spock. Yeah, right. Um, now, mind you, the, the, the two-parter is couched within, we're now in the Enterprise, and we're going back in time, mm-hmm. or being shown uh, 
it, what happened, I think it was by the Telosians, I think they were called. Right. Anyway. And was um, this was this original, like, with the emotions? Well, that, that was Leonard Nimoy? No, it, again, it, it was. It was. Um, yes, it was. Sorry, it was Leonard Nimoy. Uh, he did have the ears, too. Mm. And uh, that's kind of part of what was going on then, too. Again, I'm, I'm a little hazy on the facts, but the NBC exec did not like that character at all because it looked like the devil. Whoa, really? And of course, as the series got rolling, he became a character which people went got crazy over. They loved that character, as right. did I. Um, so, point being, as I said, they reshot the pilot, and then that pilot was made into um, what was started off the series. And again, there was no racism. In fact, well, well, they did take on problems of the day. There was one episode where the spaceship is breaking up. They transport on board this man who has one half of his face black, one half of his face white. Right. And then they get this, this message from this other guy saying, I, that's my... That's, that's someone I'm gonna, I need to take back to my home planet as a prisoner. He's an escapee. He's a terrorist, etc. This gentleman is transported on board also, and we look at his face, and he looks the same. Mm. But as we go along, all of a sudden, there was this moment, dramatic moment, where the, the, the gentleman that's chasing the, the uh, terrorist says, look at him. We're nothing alike. What do you mean? Well... The, the, the face, his white part was on the opposite side. Of, oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so, so, again, that was an allegory to what was happening during the day via racism. Right. Or the horrors of war. They explored that. They, they explored a lot of different things. There mm-hmm. are some random episodes, though. You were watching one the other day where they like went back, I don't know if it was in time or to an alternate universe, but they went back to like some train car and there was gambling. So when you say Western in space, now it kind of makes sense to me. Do you remember that episode? Okay, you know, now that, okay, that was not what's called the original series. No. Was okay. that The Next Generation? That was The Next Generation. Okay. Yeah. That was a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Next Generation also had the hotel one where uh, Riker and Data, I don't know if Worf was there, but they walk into the hotel and they're pretty much trapped in there. And, you know, you've got Picard going, number one, are you there? And so he, there's no response. And finally, when they respond to him, I think they look in a journal. You know, I, I, I'm not as up to speed as my father is with this kind of thing. But yeah, are you a Star Trek fan? Yeah, How I would say so. How do you know so. their names? I don't even know any of the characters' names, really. Well, I mean, I, I, from the episodes I have seen, I really, I really do enjoy the show. It's, it's a nice nod to, um, uh, just good writing, good story, and I mean, who, who doesn't like the Enterprise? Really, I think it's up there with the Millennium Falcon when it comes to spaceship designs and even costume design, acting. Everything is just. It, not pretty superb it is superb I would say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah you know and, and uh, the if you, if you there's some fun uh, trivia mm-hmm. uh, if you look in the hallways of again this is a TOS original series and if I just see tubes that are marked G and uh, DN that stands for goes nowhere does nothing <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a prop on a set. Yeah, it's just, that's just you know some of the fun they had, 
And I think it was William Ware Thies, I believe that was the costume designer. Mm. You know, he tried to make the lady sexy and really brought it off, I thought. I mean, it was really, so anyway, I guess it's a very long-winded answer to your question. I don't even remember what question I I don't either. I think I answered, I think I asked the question, actually. Speaking of um, television and this year, if, if I may be permitted, I wanted to talk a little bit. So I was talking to uh, Sarah the other day, and I showed her this episode of Harmon Quest, which is a Dungeons and Dragons show created by Dan Harmon, who also did um, uh, uh, Rick and Morty, and oh, it includes that's another great one. yeah, it includes so Jeff Brian Davis, who I just think he's an amazing comedian, um, Aaron McGathy, who I believe is Harmon's ex-wife and still good friends with her, so that's nice. And Jason Manzukis, who is always amazing, and I tell you that was he. Jason Manzukis is not. He was a temporary for that episode, and this is the second season that's come out, and it's the show is just phenomenal. Here's the thing, I've never in my life wanted to play ju- Dungeons and Dragons until watching that show. It really, it really like it. it when you watch comedians do it, it's one of those What's things. What's Harmon Quest. Harmon Quest. It was so funny and i wasn't i don't know i just wasn't expecting that two good ones with dungeons and dragons stranger Stranger things Things. and Quest. (laughs) earlier i was gonna i was gonna be like okay i got a good idea i'm gonna segue into harman quest by way of dungeons and dragons (laughs) from stranger Things. things yeah exactly the gorgon is it from stranger things right the demigorgon the demigorgon sorry it's only half gorgon my bad what were you guys watching today when I came home from work? You were watching... The Three Musketeers. Oh, the Three Musketeers? Let's talk about that. Yes, that's a... Three Musketeers... Is you have to come closer to the mic, I will. by the way. Three Musketeers is a BBC program which is on Hulu right now. And it's my uh, my favorite TV show right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Better than Mindhunter? Well, they're... Okay, neck and neck. What's right? Mindhunter? Oh. Mindhunter's on Netflix, and it's a Fincher-produced uh, show that details two gentlemen in the late 60s working at the FBI's office in um, Quantico, Virginia, mm-hmm. and realizing that there's a new breed of killer out there, or maybe that, that breed's always been out there, but they're now trying to psychologically look behind the scenes and into the mind, if you will, of these various despicable murderers, hence Mind Hunter. Ah. And uh, it's really good. Interesting. I'll have to check it out then. Now, Definitely. I worked on it. Oh. And, um, you know, the sound team was just uh, really par excellence. And uh, I'm very proud of that. And also, uh, just uh, every aspect, of course, that's when I grew up. So when I see Eastern Airlines, which is a defunct airline, but I see like the interior, so it's, it's perfect. I mean, the, the attention to detail on that is just amazing. It really tickles the nostalgia. But yeah. let's go back to BBC for a second, too, because you were talking about the three mus- or you'd mentioned the three musketeers. Mm-hmm. And another one that's, I think, one of my favorites that we watched this year is Poldark. So I want to talk about that one too. But first, tell me Three Musketeers. What I, I mean, I could assume what that's about, but tell me what it's about. Is it? Is it? I mean, there's multiple iterations of the of the th- uh, Three Musketeers story. Is this one in particular, or is this just uh, a new, a newly written plot bought for the show? Do we know? I'm 
at IMDb now, so I'm going to read this out to you a little bit. It says, uh, written by the BBC, set on the streets of 17th century Paris, a series gives a contemporary take on the classic story about a group of highly trained soldiers and bodyguards assigned to protect king and country. Okay. So that's, you know, what they say, and it's, um, it's, it's from soup to nuts, it's great. Art right. direction. Soup to nuts. I've never heard yeah. that before in yeah. my life. Art direction. Caddy corner left. It's oh you know, uh, it's phenomenal. No, the the actors are British trained. Oh. They're fantastic, um, and I, I can't recommend it highly enough. I, I really, uh, I, I really, I, I got hooked once. I, I I thought I was just I don't know. One night I was kind of like looking around. I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm just looking at some shirts. Always kind of interested in that era. And then as soon as I started, I just couldn't stop watching it. Yeah, I mean, I, I came in at the tail end of the third season since I'm up here, and uh, I, I want to watch it from the very beginning now. I mean, the the costume design alone is just phenomenal. And uh, acting is great, script, uh, the sets, everything, the cinematography, every lighting, every aspect about it really feels complete to, you know, it's... it's well, I think you said something important, the writing script. Yeah. You know? Even though, in a sense, you can kind of tell. Um, I think it's something really important that the writing is good because, to me, that really makes all the difference. And I just it just engages me, and the character development is fantastic. Um, right. You know, so I really want to know what happens with these people. You know, the 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 the, the, the loves and the what's lost, and just how are they going to get out of this um, seeming cliffhanger? Uh, so. Yeah, I, I that's I highly recommend that. Uh, BC, I was talking about uh, Pole Dark. Have you seen it, Jeff? You uh, last time I was here with you guys, you showed it to me. I it, let me try to kind of spitball here what I think it's about. It it it's same kind of era, right? 16th century, 17th century, something like that. And uh, you know what? I'm just gonna let you <laughs> explain it because I don't remember. Um, it was good though. What is it? Pole Dark. No, it's about this soldier who comes back from America to find the woman he was essentially promised to is now married to his it's his cousin, I believe, correct? Oh, right, right, right. I believe it's his cousin. Anyways, so it's all about him, you know, kind of rebuilding his life and his home and he kind of reopens this mine that wasn't doing very well. And he, he's the good guy, you know. He has a good heart. He has good morals. And, you know, everyone's kind of scheming around him. There's this evil banker. His cousin is, like, just this horrible husband to this woman that he loved more than anything in the world. And he, he you know, he rescues this, this poor girl. And he ends up, not to spoil it for anyone, so I won't say that. But it's great. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good. I haven't seen any more. I think there's like season two came out, but we, we didn't see it. The episode stopped recording for some reason. Uh, there, are, there are four uh, seasons. There are four wow. seasons? Yeah. Maybe. We, I don't know. To end it, let's just go around really quickly. Final favorite show or movie from 2017. I know this is probably going to come out really short. But you know we don't we don't have a lot of time. It's been very busy with the <laughs> with the holiday season. I'm sure everyone yeah. understands. So, Dad, your favorite show or movie this year? Uh, favorite show is The Musketeers. 
uh, the BBC production favorite movie is Old School. You only live twice. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to have to go with uh, as long as you're not going to be too scared, I would recommend go seeing it. And like my father, I think The Three Musketeers, even though I haven't seen too much of it, was just too good to miss. And hands down, my favorite TV show was Stranger Things. It was just, it was amazing. And then I think, I actually think, even though we didn't talk about it, my favorite movie this year was Dunkirk. I was, mm. even though there wasn't a lot of dialogue, I was really attached to all the characters, especially the main character. Anyways. So I know this is a bit of a shorter episode. I'm assuming this is going to come out short. And we will resume our normal schedule. Thanks for understanding, guys, that it's a holiday weekend, time to spend with family. We hope you had a wonderful time with your family. Don't forget to check out our website, therightscuff.com. Be sure to check out our YouTube. We do Prop of the Week, where we will show you a prop that John uses in his movies. Do you have any suggestions about future episodes coming up that you'd like us to do? And what was your favorite movie TV show of 2017 or that you watched in 2017? Comment on our Instagram and Facebook or let us know. Thanks, guys, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.